0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode three of the Clipdad Music Podcast with Rob Endo. And uh, I'd like to just talk about some of the music that you can find on Clipdad.com, which is a royalty-free music for projects website. So uh, we have podcast intro music, uh, video music, background music, intro music for like Instagram or YouTube videos, uh, and... An area that I definitely like to get into is intros and background music for Twitch streamers. So I've been uh, really into gaming and Twitch lately, uh, mostly for the pinball channels. I follow the um, you know, uh, mostly my friends that I know in real life from Boston and uh, other parts of the world that stream their pinball machines and uh, them playing their pinball machines on Twitch. So I know in, uh, on Twitch specifically there's a very big problem with... Uh, using music that belongs to, say, like uh, like in the context of the pinball machines, you know, there's a new pinball machine, a Led Zeppelin pinball machine. And for example, when you play the audio from the, uh, from the game on, a, on your Twitch stream, uh, it tends to get uh, silenced and maybe demonetized as well. So it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal, you know, on YouTube and Twitch and probably soon to be uh, more of a big deal in podcasting. Is that uh, you really can't use uh, music that's like licensed with BMI or ASCAP or any of that stuff. So you really have to um, use what they call royalty free music, which is music that's not published with any major publishing company. So, what that means is that um, as long as you have the permission from the artist, you know, you can, um, uh, or the person distributing the music, then you can use the music in your projects. No problem. So, so the intro music to this show uh, is – the song is called Where's Jason? And that is a royalty-free music track that's featured on ClipDad.com. And I was lucky enough to ask my favorite uh, – probably say my favorite songwriter uh, of all time, which is Lou Barlow of the great bands Dinosaur Jr., Sebado, uh, Folk Implosion – and so uh, I asked him if he wanted to be involved in this project and he said yes. And I was very shocked and surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised that he said yes. And so the intro song is called Where's Jason? And uh, I'd assume that Where's Jason is probably about the bass player slash guitar player slash lead singer slash background vocalist in Sabado, which is Mr. Jason Lowenstein. Uh, probably in a... In a first place tie uh he doesn't have as much material as lou but um you know in a first place sebedo is my favorite band so that's why uh i like lou barlow and i like jason lowenstein's music is because they both are kind of equal contributors in the context of that band as far as songwriting lead vocals guitar playing they both play bass in the band they both play guitar in the band it's just kind of like they swap instruments and it's really this uh this interesting setup that they have live. And so, uh, where's Jason, you know, uh, kind of reminds me of, uh, the first time I got to meet the guys in Sebado. And, uh, that was, uh, at this point, probably 15 years ago in Boston, I should say Cambridge to be more specific at TT, the bears place. And, uh, uh, my friend, Kevin, uh, got me on the guest list to see Sebado It was a sold out show. And so basically uh, I called him up and he... Uh, at the time he wasn't the manager of TT The Bear's place, but he would go on to become the manager of that place. But he had a lot of uh, a lot of friends in management over there, or, or one friend in management. And so he was able to put me on the guest list, which was great. So I had to show up really early to get let in. Um, and so I was basically the first one there. And when I showed up, uh, I sat down at the bar, and it was right when they opened, so the band was loading in. Uh, and uh, Jason came right up to me, you know, and, and sat next to me and ordered a beer. And uh, uh, I don't drink anymore, but I was drinking at the time. And uh, so basically, we had a beer together, which was great. You know, so I got to hang out with my hero and talk to him about Sonic Youth and uh, great bands from Boston like Mission of Burma and stuff like this. And we had a really cool music conversation. Uh, and he, he asked me if I wanted to come hang out backstage and meet Lou Balo. And I was like, absolutely. So I got to hang out backstage. And at the time, Sebodeau was a two-piece band, and they had a pre-recorded drum track. Uh, which actually surprisingly worked very well. And I got to basically meet my favorite band, which is it's not every day that you get to meet your favorite band. So, uh, so for the intro song we did here, Where's Jason, uh, which is probably uh, it's up there for my favorite Lou Barlow tracks on ClipDad.com. Uh, another one of my favorites is the song that we're going to listen to right now, uh, which is Circus Casio and it's really like this casio kind of uh it's a little bit like it it reminds me of something that you would see on tv like in the 80s if you were in some kind of like days or something but it reminds me of like evil clowns which i have a love hate relationship with evil clowns like mostly a hate relationship um I don't really like clowns, and circuses kind of creep me out as a whole. And so the song kind of creeps me out, but it's really interesting. Uh, and my wife absolutely hates the song, which I mentioned last week. Uh, so for song one, we've got Circus Cassio" by Lou Ballo. One, two, one, two, three, four. We just heard Circus Casio from Lou Barlow, uh, featured on ClipDad.com, the royalty-free music website. And, you know, uh, as I mentioned before, it's a very, to me, it's kind of like a little bit of a creepy but yet beautiful song. It's got that Cassio sound on it. And... You know, I don't know Casios kind of vary in quality from like uh, definitely like low-end programmable synths like the CG, CZ rather, uh, 1000 would fit into that category all the way down to like really like small Casios that were very cheap back in the day and they're they're still very cheap. You can still pick pick up a cheap Casio from the 80s from probably like. I don't know, 50 60 bucks on eBay, something like that. And I get the feeling that that's what he used on this track. It was actually like a tiny little cheap Casio that, uh, you know, I mean, there's only one keyboard from the 80s that really gives you that sound, and that's those cheap Casios, you know, because uh, even the expensive Casio synths from the 80s, they don't have that sound. So that's the classic Casio sound. And it's kind of all over Lou Barlow's music. I mean, he's been uh, experimenting with those Casios probably since they came out in the '80s. So, uh, so yeah. So check out Lou Barlow's solo music, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of old stuff from like the '90s and the '80s where he, and even present day or a few years ago, where he definitely breaks out that cheap little Casio. Uh, for the next one, we've got Aaron Perino's "Dear Mother" by Mike pence and so that's by far one of the funniest titles uh for a song i've ever seen it's dear mother by mike pence is the full title and it's just bizarre like that's a that's a wacky title uh the song is very like dramatic kind of electronic-y uh you know uh like a powerful electronic song And uh, it's just really funny that Mike Pence would call his wife mother. Like that's that's a very archaic kind of obsolete and demeaning thing to call your wife. Like you shouldn't be calling your wife your mother. Like that's your partner, you know, uh, romantically, but also like your partner. In your family that's not your mother and that's just like very incestuous and creepy and weird to call your wife or girlfriend mother so we got aaron perino dear mother check it out we just heard Aaron Perino's Dear Mother by Mike Pence is the full title (laughs) Dear Mother by Mike Pence which is just amazing Uh, so moving it right along now we've got Steve Wiebe with Alive is Our Love for the next one and uh you know I just um I love Steve's music so uh what I do with Clip Dad is I actually take Uh, for some of the artists that don't just have purely instrumental music. You know, like the Lou Barlow songs on ClipDad.com are purely instrumental songs that he created specifically to be instrumentals. Or like Kenny Chambers' music, you know, he's got uh, probably like a hundred or a few hundred instrumental tracks at this point. But he also has full songs, you know, in the context of his own music. So what ClipDad.com does is something a little bit separate so we specialize in uh, instrumental music we do also have music with some vocals in it or fractions of songs where the overall song has vocals in it but we like to grab the instrumental parts most of all and so this Steve Wiebe song is Alive is Our Love and this is the introduction to that song which is a great it's just a great overall song. It's very well produced. The vocals are great on it. The instrumentation is amazing. And, uh, you know, but in this context, I just chose the intro part to, uh, so people can use it in their clips. And, you know, so Steve, I've never met him in real life. Um, he's somebody that I've just been communicating with on social media for the past, uh, five or six years or so. And so, uh, I'd like to meet him one of these days because I did play the Donkey Kong machine uh, that he set the Donkey Kong record on uh, a few years back, which they made the documentary King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, about the whole story about how when he became the Donkey Kong world record champion on the Fun Spot, New Hampshire, Donkey Kong machine, which uh, I did play that machine quite a few times. Uh, growing up and fairly recently, like four or five years ago. And I just get my ass kicked in Donkey Kong. I suck at that game. Uh, you know, it's like I can make it to, like, the elevator board or something, but, like, I just – I can't – I never really practiced on that game. So, uh, But Steve Wiebe, on the other hand, is an absolute master. So if you haven't seen it yet, check out King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters – one of my favorite documentaries of all time it goes way beyond gaming and donkey kong and it really gets into just life and uh uh we're very l- lucky to have a cool guy like steve on board his music uh, rocks it rocks but it's also like dramatic and melodic at the same time so check out alive Is Our love by steve weeby Already, we just heard Steve Wiebe, Alive as Our Love, just the introduction part. It's a whole song. Uh, so, yeah, we're lucky to have Steve on board. Uh, next up, we got Kenny Chambers coming in with a song called Ramones. So, uh, uh, you know, I talked about uh, my story, my friendship with Kenny last week. And so, you know, uh, great guy. I've known him for maybe like at this point, uh, 25 years around that amount of time. So uh, we've done some recording together, which is excellent because he's another one of my music heroes. You know, in addition to being a good friend. So it's it's always a pleasure when you get a chance to play music with one of your music heroes. So we recorded a couple songs up in my attic, uh, a couple so- of his songs, a couple of my songs. So he played drums on my tracks, and then I played uh, some drums and keyboard on a couple of his tracks that he never did release. But anyways, so this next one is Ramones. It's a very uh, rockin' kind uh, uh, of—it's not really punk rock, I would say. It's more like kind of like—I don't even know what you call it, but like it is— punk rock a little bit but it's it's got like these kind of wailing guitar solos that are kind of uh they're kind of too good for straightforward punk rock but uh uh, personal story with the ramones is that you know i did have tickets to see uh one of my top three bands probably is the ramones and i did have tickets to see them i want to say in 1994 or 1995 something like that And so I bought tickets to see the Ramones at the Hampton Beach Ballroom in uh, New Hampshire, in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, basically. And at the time, Dee Dee was not in the band, so it was a CJ uh, lineup. I think it was like CJ, Maki, Johnny, and Joey was the lineup. And... uh, And... Basically, I read in the uh, newspaper—we didn't have online back then, but I read in, like, the Boston Phoenix or something or some other newspaper that New Hampshire had, like, passed a law that you had to be over 18 to get into this type of show. And so if you were under 18, the shows used to be all ages, you know, so if you were whatever age you could go without even adult supervision— so, which I used to go to a lot of shows when I was underage, basically, and they would just put the X in my hand and let me in and I'd be around older people in Boston, you know, it's like sometimes these are violent punk shows and people would be bleeding and drinking and, you know, all kinds of doing, doing drugs, all kinds of shit. But like, but then I think what happened was in Boston, a couple kids got hurt uh, at shows around 94. And the venues got sued for a large sum of money. So I think New Hampshire kind of like took a cue from Boston and they decided, you know what, we're just going to make these shows like 18 plus. And if you have pre-existing tickets and you're underage, we'll just give you a full refund. So rather than get denied at the door, I, in retrospect, you know, I should have tried to get into the show because it was like my dream to see the Ramones, which I never got that opportunity, unfortunately. Uh, so I wound up just getting my refund on, like, two tickets, and I was really bummed out because I didn't want a refund. I wanted to go see my favorite band. Then flash forward a few years later, you know, the Ramones played their last show. uh, Their last three shows were in Cambridge at the Middle East downstairs. Uh, That show sold out in, like, a second. I couldn't get into that one. And then they played at CBGB's, I think, uh, for the second-to-last show, And I couldn't get to New York or get tickets to that also sold-out show. And then the third show was all the way out, the last final show. And DeeDee came back for these three shows, was in Los Angeles. And I obviously couldn't go to that one. I was like a teenager with like no money, basically. And I'm not going to go to Los Angeles to see the Ramones. But in retrospect, I probably should have even done that. So (laughs) I should have figured out a way to do that because, uh, you know, a couple years later, you know, uh, uh, Joey died, and then Johnny passed away, and then a little while after that, Dee Dee passed away, and then you know, uh, a few a few years back, from now, Tommy Ramone passed away, and so we still got Marky, and we still got C J, and we still got Richie and the other Ramones, I guess, <laughs> Elvis Ramone, you know, the one-off Ramone, who's uh, the guy from Blondie. You know, so, uh, you know, it's like, but, you know, Dee Dee, Johnny, Joey, Tommy's the original, and then you can definitely include Marky in that. You know, Marky's like the. He's not an original Ramon, but he's definitely. Part of the classic Ramones, you know, so you can definitely include him in there, but I'll never get a chance to see this band now. And, uh, it's my favorite. So Kenny wrote a great song called Ramones. I just figured I'd share that quick Ramones story and, uh, check it out. We just heard Kenny Chambers with Ramones, and if you get a chance, check out Kenny's – his main project has always been and is presently The Moving Targets, which is just a classic uh, punk – you call them punk, but it's like melodic punk. There's great songwriting. It's very – uh sonically textured there's a lot of uh walla sound kind of distorted guitar and it's very melodic and tuneful and the songs are great so check out moving targets they put out a new record in 2020 called humbucker and it's probably one of their best records it's right up there with the classic moving targets albums burning in water brave noise uh then they had a, an album from 2019 called wires what yeah, Wires with plural, like Wires. And that's a great record as well. Um, I, Humbucker is probably my favorite of the new Moving Targets album. Of the two, that's my favorite one. But Wires is also a great album. Kenny was also in the band Bolt La Volta. Check them out. Classic 90s, uh, late 80s. They're kind of like almost like a hard, hardcore punk band, but, um, little bit of a metal influence in there, I'd say. Check them out. And then uh, and then check out his solo stuff as well. It's great. Kenny Chambers' solo music. You can just look it up, and uh, it's all over the place, and it's great. Next up, we got Ian Clark. And Ian is just uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist, plays drums, plays bass, plays guitar, p- sings, all that stuff. And so it's pretty psyched to have Ian on board. Ian's kind of like... You know, I live here in France now, and he's kind of like my go-to guy to call up, and uh, we talk about old school, like Boston punk, Boston rock, all that stuff, and it's just kind of cool to have that connection to back home, because I get a little homesick here in Paris, you know, I don't, uh, it's a cool music scene, there's tons of cool people, but, you know, I do get a little homesick once in a while, so I give Ian a buzz, and we talk about music and skateboarding and all kinds of cool shit, so, Ian's song is called Hate My Friends. So, growing up uh, in Boston in the 90s, you know, uh, I used to go to this record store called Tang Records in Cambridge, right in Harvard Square, uh, right in the heart of Harvard Square. There was a, a record store called Tang Records. And uh, probably one of the first CDs I ever bought was an album called Lemonheads, the band The Lemonheads hate your friends. And it came in this giant cardboard packaging with like plastic like security all around it. If you remember how CDs were back in the early to mid 90s, it was just there was tons of packaging and security measures like all this plastic that they put around it. And basically, the idea was that you couldn't take the CD out of the plastic and the cardboard, but that was kind of bullshit because people could just do it very easily with, like, a little pocket knife or something. I never did that. I did not steal, especially from Tang Records because, you know, it's a very, like, uh, you know, small-time, like, record store, record label. I'm not going to say it's a small-time record label, but the record store is very small, homegrown, and people worked there that were really cool and friendly and stuff, and, uh, and... You know, some legends in the in the rock world work there as well, you know. So it's like, so, you know, I, I wasn't into stealing CDs at the time, even from like big stores or anything like that. So luckily uh, I didn't rip off anybody for CDs anyways. So yeah, so my first CD purchase was Lemonhead's Hate Your Friends. And that was, I fell in love with that album. I used to listen to it every single day. And the early Lemonheads is very like punk, like fun, melodic, great songwriting, a little bit unusual. You had the kind of dueling vocals of Evan Dando and Ben Daly, and uh, there was just like two different types of songwriting in that band at that time. And so I have to think Ian being a big uh, Boston rock, Boston punk guy, he's probably influenced by Hate Your Friends, and he came up with this great song, Hate My Friends, which is kind of like putting it back on himself. So uh, it's a whole song, but in the context of Clip Dad and royalty-free music that you can use in your projects, we just kind of took little snippets of Ian's music, and we made it available for you. So check out Hate My Friends by Ian Clark. Woo-hoo! All right, we just heard Hate My Friends by Ian Clark. Very cool, very cool song. Uh, It's got a lot of energy to it. So, uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, Ian plays all the instruments there, and uh, I really like his guitar solos probably most of all because he rips on guitar. Next up, we got Jonathan Burke, and Jonathan Burke is an alias of a friend of mine. Who kind of created this alter ego that he releases electronic music uh, under this alter ego named Jonathan Burke? So we'll just call him Jonathan for the story's sake. Uh, Jonathan uh, and I played some depressing shows over the years. We were a uh, we while well, well, we were a full band, you know, with uh, three of our other friends, but then we also played out as a two-piece band. So we used to play in this band together called 500 Plastic Dragons. And it's very quirky, kind of like Velvet Underground meets Daniel Johnston kind of music. And uh, uh, Jonathan's a great songwriter. So and uh, so we used to play out as kind of a stripped-down version as well, a two-piece version with uh, myself on usually sometimes drums, sometimes guitar, and background vocals. And then Jonathan on... Rhythm guitar and main vocals, so we played some really depressing shows for like literally like one person. Uh, We probably did that three or four times, and (laughs) this especially depressing show was at the All Asia Cafe in Cambridge, uh, right on Mass Ave, Cambridge. And you know, basically, like I was boozing big time at the at the time, and so they used to give out like a couple free drinks or something. So I used to get like. you know, I don't want to go down, like, my drinking, what I used to get for drinking, because that's probably not cool to do, as somebody that's, quote-unquote, in the program, so I won't talk about the types of drinks I used to get, but anyways, so I get my couple drinks, you know, usually, I played a few shows there, something going on outside, played a couple shows there over the years, and, um, you know, and basically, uh, it was the kind of place, like, they didn't pay any money, like, uh, they gave you a cut of the door, but we had, like, one person uh, in the audience, so, and it was his girlfriend, Jonathan's girlfriend at the time, so, and then she had a couple of her friends come, like, like, so there were, then it became three people in the audience, so what was really interesting about that show is that there were these kids that were, like, the opening band, and they were teenagers, And they kind of dressed like in uh, almost like a clown uniform with like suspenders and puffy pants and like boots, like Doc Martin boots. But it was like almost like picture like MC Hammer Pants with like suspenders and uh, like a white clown jacket with like a frilly shirt or something. These kids were dressed really, really goofy, like. And then the lead singer was, he played, like, guitar or something, but he didn't know how to play chords, really. And then the percussionist played a Dunkin' Donuts cup full of change, and he was called the Change Man. And so the name of the group was, like, Adam and the Change Man or something. It was very bizarre. Like, I was half in the bag anyways, And I thought I was, like, hallucinating when these kids played. And then they had a song called Hey, Mr. George Bush. George Bush was president at the time, uh, George Bush Jr. And the song was like, Hey, Mr. George Bush, don't you be so mean to the people of America? Something like that. It was completely atonal and completely fucking bizarre. And I was just like my jaw was was open and I was just like what the fuck is this and uh, it was a funny show it was a funny show and we got a cut of the door which equated to like I don't like 80 cents a piece or something cuz there was three people in the audience three paying customers so <laughs> and plus we knew those people from before and we asked them to come to the show so uh <laughs> So, this next one is a little bit, uh, it's kind of a bizarre Jonathan Burke song called Incredible, and it does feature some vocals. Check it out. Jonathan Burke, Incredible. <laughs> heard Jonathan Burke with incredible and I love those vocals it's just so funny it's gonna be incredible you know it's like it's like he sings it in in kind of in tune but uh it's just like today's going to be incredible with that really upbeat like electronic music it's just it's a really funny chorus and I love that one incredible that's one of my favorite clips on clipdad.com So next up, we've got Martin Moran with Ivilo. and uh, I really love this one. I love Martin's music, and he's just the kind of guy, like, when he sits down at his keyboard, you know, it's just kind of like the music just, like, kind of flows through his fingertips, you know. So as I mentioned in last week's episode, he's somebody I know from the St. Louis Bridge here in Paris, He's a a street musician, and then he also plays gigs in the city when the restaurants and clubs are open. So he does some jazz gigs, you know, some solo piano stuff. Uh, He also plays very good accordion. And so uh, uh, he's very specific to me to mention that he's Irish on his Clip Dad profile, which he is. So he's half Irish, half English, and... uh, uh, I think he identifies with the Irish side quite a bit, so I was happy to put that in his clipdad profile. And uh, yeah, and he's got he's one of the most prolific clip dads on the website. I think he's up to maybe like I don't know like sixty clips or something on the website. So him and Aaron Perino, uh, besides myself, have the most clips on the website. And he's got way more coming supposedly. So I'm pretty excited to hear those. Uh, jazz piano clips. And uh, check it out. It's Martin Moran's (laughs) Ivelo. We just heard Martin Moran with Ivilo, and it's a very playful kind of uh, uh, floating kind of tune. It's upbeat. Uh, It's a little bit like got a little bit of a dark kind of feel to it, and it really reminds me of The Doors and Ray Manzarek. So knowing Martin, uh, I don't think there's too much The Doors, Ray Manzarek influence going on with him. He's mostly... You know, he goes deep into the blue note, the jazz stuff, probably like the Thelonious Monk kind of stuff, uh, all kinds of jazz piano. He goes deep into that stuff. But um, I'll have to ask him next time I talk to him if he is influenced by The Doors as well, because I definitely... Maybe it's just my own interpretation. I did hear The Doors, Ray Manzarek, going on in that track. So next up, we've got Lenny Donato with Wave Em In. So... Uh, What's really cool about Lenny's tracks is, you know, Lenny used to pitch for the Boston Red Sox, and he does own a World Series ring for the 2004 Boston Red Sox, which is amazing. So, uh, you know, (laughs) I really like Lenny's tracks because Lenny sent me the tracks, and so then I did some, you know, a little bit of editing, just kind of made them, uh, edited up the beginnings, the ends, and just kind of uh, EQ'd them a little bit and then made them into the clips that you can use in your projects. So if you do want a World Series ring holding pitcher, to uh, you know, if you want a theme song by a World Series pitcher, then basically you can pick up Lenny Donato's music. So um, what's really cool about these tracks is that Lenny actually just said, like, just name them whatever you want. So I got, I got to name all seven tracks that he put on the, that are on the website. And so I chose Wave Em In for this one, Uh, and this song is inspired by Wendell Kim, who used to be the third base coach for the Boston Red Sox. And so uh, he had a nickname of Wave Em In Wendell, and uh, I'll just go here. So, you know, I used to love to watch Wendell Kim uh, coach third base because he was very quirky so he'd always like be carving like Red Sox players numbers on into the the dirt uh you know so it's like so he'd be like carving like 34 like into the dirt you know like it, like Big Pappy's number and you know whoever was was playing you know for the Sox at the time like who like he just carved players mostly it was it was Big Pappy, but He'd, with his cleats, he would put the number in the dirt right next to third base, which I thought was hilarious. And a couple times, you know, I was going to a lot of Red Sox games back then. And there were a couple times when he was like working on his art pieces, like in the dirt. He would do like the Red Sox logo, like the two socks in the dirt and stuff. And there were a couple times when I noticed like there's like somebody like on like first base or something. And he's like, busy carving shit in the dirt, like working on his art project, And i was just like thinking like, oh, I don't think he should be doing that. You know, he should be paying a little bit more attention to the game. And there were a couple instances like that. I'm not saying he was bad third base coach or anything like that, but he did eventually get fired because he basically more or less like his arms were windmilling around signaling people to, you know, round third and come home and score the run. And then a lot of times in some pivotal games, the year before he got fired, which I forget what year that was, it was after 2004, well after 2004, I know that, is that, you know, a couple times, like, he's just waving people in, and then they get tagged out at home by a long shot, and the Red Sox lose the game because of that call, and then they let him go. And I, I just, I can't help but to think if he wasn't busy doing all this crowd interaction shit that maybe, I don't know, maybe he just he would have paid better attention to the people on the bass paths. That's all I'm saying. Maybe that's a controversial opinion. I don't know. But that's why I titled Lenny DiNaro's song, Wave Em In, and it's a really cool acoustic track. with. Uh, it's got a nice atmosphere for it. And uh, I think it would be for some kind of like... You know, like country esque podcast, maybe about like fishing or you know being out in nature. This would be a perfect fit. So check it out. Wave them in by Lenny D'Onato. So we just heard Wave Him In by Lenny Donato. The, uh, yeah, he used to pitch for the Red Sox, the Royals, the A's. He was drafted by the Mets. And uh, really cool guy. He's a great guitar player. Um, he's got an awesome collection of guitars, like some really cool Japanese guitars and American guitars and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and plus, he played on stage in Boston with, like... Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam, and I think he's played with, like, uh, like, uh, Bill Janovitz from Buffalo Tom, and, you know, all these famous people on stage, I think, like, Julian Hatfield, maybe, and then, like, Peter Gammons from, like, you know, baseball commentary fame, and Theo Epstein, you know, the old GM of the Red Sox, and then uh, and then he went on to the Cubs, Stuff like that, so very cool, very cool. So, uh, next up, we've got Jittery Jack, which is oh, it's a great rockabilly project. So, you know, Jittery Jack is kind of uh, from the from the I I guess from the foundation of the Raging Teens, which is a great classic Boston rockabilly band, and uh, Jittery Jack is kind of like the new. Uh, incarnation of the Raging Teens. I think you know because there are some similar members in the band. You know, uh, most namely uh, Kevin and Amy are in the band, and I don't know if there are any other members that used to be in the Raging Teens that are in Jittery Jack. But this one is awesome, and so like I, you know, it's um he kind of does like a call out of Massachusetts, M A S S A C H U. You know, and it's just it's so awesome and. I uh, asked him about it, and uh, Kevin said that, a.k.a. Jittery Jack, said that um, the song was inspired by this, oh, I forget who initially released the song, but it's a song called Tallahassee, where he does the same thing. So he's double you know, and it's like, and he does this roll call. I can't even do it because it's so complicated. You know, it's like T-A-L-L-A-C-H-U, you know, it's M A double S-A-C- I can't even do it I can't even say it like never mind sing it so it's very impressive that he kind of like was very inspired by that Tallahassee song and he uh, converted it over to Massachusetts in his own the context of his own song so check it out we got Boston My Hometown which does like a call out letter spelling out of Massachusetts Boston, Boston, my We just heard Boston, my hometown, from Jittery Jack, and next up we've got Rolling Stoney with Electric Renaissance. And uh, Rolling Stoney's music—it's the—it's the same situation. It's the same situation as like Ian's music or some of Steve Weeby's music, where uh, he gave me permission to use like solos and intros to songs that already exist. And so this song is probably my favorite Rolling Stoney song. Um, and I'm just going to include the end here. And on ClipDad.com, I've got the intro to this song, the solo part, and then the end part. But the end part is my favorite because it reminds me of Galaxy 500. And it reminds me of like uh, like like modern Brit indie pop kind of music or maybe like psychedelic, uh, Brit music, uh, like, I don't know, maybe a little bit of, I'm trying to think of a good example, like, I don't know, Spaceman three or, uh, even like, like a blur song, like an early blur song, something like that. But most of all, it reminds me of galaxy 500, who's a Boston band that really has that kind of like dream pop. Uh, Brit pop element to it. So check it out, we got Electric Renaissance by Rolling Stoney. We just heard Electric Renaissance from Rolling Stoney. I love that one. Next up, we've got Fusionado with Gross Domestic Negligence, which is <laughs> such an interesting title for a track. And so uh, Fusionado, that's his stage name. That's his alias in regards to ClipDad.com. But uh, that's a friend of mine. We used to play in a two-piece uh, band together, and we played a few shows like Out At... Uh, where do we play? Uh, we played at O'Brien's in, uh, Alston once, and that was a great show. We, uh, yeah, we opened up for, uh, Shell, Shell Shag and, uh, the band Vacation, and it was just a great show. So, Fusionados music is really cool. It's very proggy. It's, like, I don't know, like, Glenn Beck meets, like, Glenn Beck I just said Glenn fucking Beck Jeff Beck thank you <laughs> Jeez. I hope it doesn't sound like Glenn Beck nobody wants to sound like Glenn Beck so it sounds like Jeff Beck not Glenn B- Glenn Beck Glenn Beck fuck you if you're listening out there which is highly unlikely so it sounds like Jeff Beck meets like Alex Lifeson of Rush uh it's really cool like proggy, kind of uh, melodic, moody music, and uh, I love this one. It's called Gross Domestic Negligence. Check it out. we just heard gross domestic negligence from Fusionado, and i really love Fusionado's music um he's just he's a multi-instrumentalist uh on some of my my band's tracks in the past you know he's played drum he's played um bass guitar keyboards and he can really do it all he plays synth uh he plays guitar he plays drums uh, I th- on this track, on these tracks, though, I think he uses like Logic drums. I'm not sure if he uses. It's tough for me to tell the difference because Logic drums are so good. But I, he, might, he owns a drum set as well, so maybe it's real drums. Because I know he can play drums and he can play bass and synthesizer and guitar and all that stuff. So maybe it is real drums. I don't know. So yeah. So Fusionado, uh, check out his music on uh, SoundCloud. Check out Fusionado on SoundCloud. And uh, there's tons of songs on there. And then in the context of ClipDad.com, I'm using smaller clips again. So these are meant to be podcast intros, uh, stream intros, video intros, background music, stuff like that. So I'm not using whole giant pieces of songs. So the concept behind ClipDad.com is I want ready to go music so people can just download it, throw it in their project, no editing, nothing like that involved. So next up, we've got. Felix Joya. And Felix Joya is coming in with a song called Exquise, which features beautiful background vocals from uh, a female background vocal. And then with his vocals, it's just kind of, and the the guitar playing, it's just this nice layered kind of world music vibe. Check it out. Exquise from Felix Joya, or Exquise, I don't know how to pronounce it. We just heard "Exquise" from Felix Joya. I Love that one. Very cool uh, world music with nice layered background vocals. Nice guitar coming in. Be great for some kind of travel lo- travel vlog channel. Uh, I don't even know how you say travel vlog. I guess it's a well, it's a vlog, which so it's a video log, like a blog, but it's travel, so travel vlog. I guess you would call it. Next up, we've got Damien Slade, and Damien Slade, uh, wrote this song, I want to say pre-COVID. It's called Coronation, and it's just this beautiful kind of epic piano track, and I used about a one-minute version, the lead kind of piano part of Coronation, which is a much larger track in the context of ClipDad.com, and, uh, uh, Damien was on a, a web series called Untreated, which is really funny. And it's all about recovery and like uh, uh, recovery houses and things like that. And just the the tangled kind of web that these characters get involved in, which, you know, it's a lot of bickering and it's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, just people having unhealthy thoughts and Kind of like uh, there's some friendship going on, but then there's also some rivalries, and it's a pretty good, I think it's like 10-part web series, and I've seen them all. It's called Untreated on YouTube. You can check it out. So check out Untreated, and this song is called Coronation. Check it out. We just heard Coronation from Damien Slade, which is, uh, you know, it's like Corona or Corona and then like Nation, like attached to it, Coronation. And so it's a very interesting song title. And I don't know if he created that song before or after COVID. It was around that time in March of 2020, you know, when uh, uh, COVID kind of swept through America, all that stuff. And so, uh, yeah, uh, he's got some really great instrumental piano stuff. Uh, I call it classical, but it's more uh, jazz, you know. So the way that Damien describes it is that it's more like uh, like free jazz with classical elements going on in there. So uh, I really like that one, Carnation, by Damien Slade. And uh oh, and check out again, I'll mention it again. Check out Untreated on YouTube. Damien's character is the uh he's like the bald character, his head's shaved, and he's really funny. He's probably the I'd say he's like kind of the main star of the of the series. And uh that's untreated on YouTube. Check it out. Next up, we've got Leah with Into the Unknown. And uh I know the artist's kind of uh, what she was picturing behind this track, Into the Unknown. And so Leah's like kind of another character uh, in the Clip Dad universe, so to speak. And uh, that's because the artist wants to be known by a stage name. Okay, so... And there's a whole character that I developed around this stage name, which is like the first... uh, uh, primate that composed music back in like the 80s it's a whole backstory it's not true obviously so (laughs) this is a song called into the unknown it's a very mysterious kind of dark uh, song it makes you think of just kind of uh people maybe being like in a train and like looking out the window and just kind of uh Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get too far into it because I do know the artist did tell me her vision of the song. And uh, it's called Into the Unknown. Check it out. We just heard Into the Unknown, a very heavy, dramatic piano, classical piano kind of song. Uh, I do do love it, though. I think it would be a great fit for any kind of dramatic film or short film or anything like that. Uh, Next up, closing out the show, episode three of the Clip Dad Music Podcast, we've got Andrew Carr coming in with the drive-off. And uh, the drive-off is, Andrew's music is very cool. It was untitled, and he did let me title title uh, some of his songs. And so I chose the drive-off because it reminds me of, like, an 80s movie. A lot of his music, it's got that Roland Juno kind of uh, 80s synth sound to it. And it's very, like, melodic, and it's kind of like... It makes me think, his music in general just makes me think of, like, Molly Ringwald uh, uh, with Jake, you know, the the jock, like, uh, but a nice guy at the end. The jock, like, cool kid on campus with the beautiful car, the beautiful girlfriend. Then they break it off, and then he kind of goes with Molly Ringwald's character, you know, which is... uh, Sixteen Candles. And then at the end, it's the famous scene, you know, and everybody's forgotten about her birthday. And then she winds up blowing out the candles on her cake with the guy of her dreams, you know, this guy, Jake. And then, and then you know, he's like, oh, what'd you wish for? And then she's like, it, it just came true or something like that. I think that's the last line. I love 80s movies. I love Molly Ringwald. And I love that 80s movie specifically. And this song kind of reminds me of like maybe the last scene in Better Off Dead, you know, when uh, John Cusack's character, Lane Myers, is kissing uh, uh, Diane Franklin's character of Monique on the uh, the bitchin' Camaro in Dodger Stadium, you know, and as the camera's panning away to bring it back to a dad. Uh, you got Damien Slade, a young Damian Slade, riding up on the bike to collect his $2, if you've ever seen the movie Better Off Dead, the eight, classic 80s movie. And so <laughs> Andrew Carr's music kind of reminds me of all that good stuff from the 80s, when the guy gets the girl and then they drive off in the bitchin' Camaro, or Molly Ringwald is blowing out the 16 candles, you know, with the guy of her dreams, etc., etc. So. We've got Andrew Carr with the very 80s, The Drive-Off. We just heard Andrew Carr with the drive-off. And so if you've tuned in this whole for this whole time, check out the ClipDad Music Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to give us a follow, give us a subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on my favorite podcast, our initial company. That created the RSS feed for us, and where we have our website is Podcastics, which is a French company. So definitely check out Podcastics if you're thinking about hosting a podcast. Uh, check out Podcastics; it's Podcastics.com, and they're a French company. But for uh, I don't speak much French at all, but you know they're different. You can choose different languages and stuff like that. So I have it in English, and it works completely fine. It's it's one of the easiest. Uh, uh, podcast RSS creators like you create your own website. It aggregates you to all the uh the podcast streaming channels, all that good stuff like Stitcher. It, it's so easy. It's not even funny. Like, and the the analytics are amazing. So I highly rec- recommend Podcastics. Uh, it's yeah, I I love them. I'm very happy with them. Um, I've tried out a few different platforms. I've tried out Anchor. I've tried out you know, Buzzsprout, Sounder, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, I've, tr- I've tried them all, basically. And by far, Podcastix is my favorite uh, podcast host. So, yeah, so make sure to subscribe to the ClipDab Music Podcast to take us out. Uh, we're going to play some more of Andrew Carr's The Drive-Off. Have a great week, everybody. Until next week, keep rocking and keep your podcasts wild and free.